How's it going today, guys? I'm back here live in the studio once again for an episode of Hot Takes with CP3. Today is Tuesday, August 4th, 2020. We're in the middle of the NBA bubble. It's been a great run so far. Um, I got two guests today on today's podcast. My first one is Kobe Horton back again, once again for another episode. Kobe, say what's up to everybody. What's going on, guys? Glad to be back. It's been about a week, but yeah, just happy to be back on and talk basketball. Yeah, no, we're happy to have you back on as well, Kobe. We know you got those fiery hot takes coming for us. And speaking of those fiery <laughs> hot takes, you know, your Miami Heat pulled out a big win yesterday. I was kind of, I was a little caught off guard. I was not expecting it on the second leg of a back-to-back with no Jimmy Butler. I mean, what do you think about the Heat? Are they for real or? Hey, like I said last week, I'm I'm a big Heat guy. I'm a believer that they can make it to the conference finals and make a run in the playoffs. Um, very impressive they got that win last night without Butler. Um, but yeah, they they're looking good, and I I think that they're a real contender this year in the East. You know, uh, I think they can beat anybody in a series if they're playing well. Mine is probably the the Milwaukee Bucks, but I like them right now. Um, you know, I was caught I was caught off guard. I'm not gonna lie by the Heat pulling that one out. I was not expecting it at all, especially when you have a guy like Jimmy Butler sit out. You know, it's pretty hard to overcome having a guy of that status sit out for you. And yet the Heat somehow were able to pull that one out last night. Tyler Hero really stepped up and couldn't miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to see more of that though from the Heat. Still, I'm not gonna lie. I was impressed by that win, but I still think that they're kind of a fake team. I mean, they got 21 turnovers mm-hmm. the night before against Toronto and couldn't pull that one out. I mean. You turn a team over 21 times, you should be able to win the game. They kind of blew it two down the stretch, which is not really what you want to see. Um, I think the Heat, though, can definitely get to that second round. And I'm not going to lie, I'm also out on Milwaukee as well. I was in on Milwaukee, and I was kind of looking for an excuse. Like I said, all season long, I really can't make an argument that they're a better team than they were last year. And I was looking for an excuse to be out on Milwaukee. I'm actually out on Milwaukee. I thought that loss yesterday was absolutely pathetic. I don't care who you're missing. There's no way you should lose to the G League net. So my hot take for this podcast and for the day, I actually have the Toronto Raptors winning the East. Fred Van Vliet's coming along strong. And, I mean, I don't see Nick Nurse messing around and losing that game last night. Yeah, I mean – that that's crazy to me. I, I still like the Bucks. I know that they had a tough loss to a bad uh, Nets team yesterday, but I still think that they're you know the favorite. Um, Giannis, you know they probably they know that they have that one seat locked up. I know still like you said, no excuses to lose to a team like that. But I find it hard to you know to do to just to lock down Giannis. I know that they, the Raptors did it last year very successfully, but they don't have Kawhi this year like on the defensive side of the ball and. I still think that the Bucks are the favorites. I know that they struggled yesterday, but I still like them. I still like them at, at the top of the East. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that that game specifically is the reason, but, you know, I just feel like the Bucks crumble under pressure and in yeah. situations. Like, I just feel like, you know what I mean, you can't lose to a team that bad, especially when Giannis is playing. And, you know, you have a scrub like Dante Hall knock Giannis to the ground, and the team doesn't mm-hmm. respond and come out and whoop their ass. I mean, I think that shows – a lot of signs of weakness and everything. You know, Nick Nurse, in my opinion, is probably the best coach in the entire NBA. And I think if anybody's going to dial up some sort of game plan like he did last year to stop Giannis, he's going to do it once again. He's going to have a game plan ready for every single one of these teams. So, you know, Mm -hmm. if I'm an Eastern Conference team, I want to avoid the Raptors. But back to the Heat, you know, they're going to need contributions like they did last night. They're going to need to hit the three ball like they did these last two games. 
They hit 15 plus three pointers in the last two games. And, you know, that's really what it's going to take for those teams to find some consistency. When you have a lot of players like they do and a lot of, I mean, they definitely do have a lot of talent on that roster. I feel like you kind of, you know, have to be able to pick and choose who's going to have the big games and who, you know, to play in there. I also thought that getting Olenek in there more has helped them a lot just because of his passing. You know, he had eight assists last night. He helps a lot on the board and, and giving them exercise kind of supplies that to Bam Adebayo. But, I also got to see consistency out of Tyler Hero, man. I mean, Tyler Hero it has very up and down games. Like last night, he could, it felt like he couldn't miss at certain points in time from three. So I want to see a little bit more consistency from the Heat going forward. I mean, I still think the talent's there, but at the same time, I still think that they're missing like a for sure go-to number two option. If Jimmy Butler's not hitting, I mean, Bam is not the kind of guy you can give 15 looks to. You need someone else who can create their shot to be more consistent. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Um, I think that the Heat, you know, they have that solid option in Jimmy Butler. But when you go down to the second guy, you know, most teams have that second guy they can go to. You know, obviously for the Lakers, if LeBron's not working, you can go to AD, Rockets, you have Harden not working out, you can go to Westbrook, something like that. Um, and the Heat is kind of question mark up in the air. If Butler's not having a good game, that's the question mark who you're going to go to. And, you know, they are young, younger, younger, one of the younger teams in the league. And, you know, it depends on how those young guys are going to come off the bench and play like Hero. You know, I know Duncan Robinson starts, but they have to be they have to be making their shots because they're going to collapse on Butler and Bam. And those the guys are going to be huge in the playoffs. So I think what it's going to come down to for the Heat is their ability to make the three ball. And, you know, I feel like that's what we've seen in a lot of teams because, you know, they don't have, you know, a huge big man like AD or someone who's going to bang and get a bucket whenever he wants, they're going to have to, you know, kind of play smaller ball, more like the Rockets. And that's going to be, you know, are those young guys going to be splashing outside? That's the biggest question. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's going to be fun to watch how the Eastern Conference plays out. I think that that conference is definitely still got a lot up in the air. But honestly, we thought going into the playoffs, the Western Conference had pretty much been decided. There's a lot going up in the air, too. Do you still feel good about the Lakers' chances after watching them play these first few games? Yeah, I, I um, I, you know, my name's Kobe, and I'm a big Kobe Bryant guy, so that, that <laughs> was my whole, my whole life, I wasn't really big on LeBron, you know. I've always kind of been a LeBron hater, but, you know, he's starting to come around to me, especially this year, since all the stuff that happened with Kobe this earlier this year and the Lakers, I think it's just like emotional tie for LeBron and a reason for him to go out and get a ring for him but I, I think I'm done done hating on the King because every time I seem to talk bad about him or you know I remember two years ago three years ago was it when they played the Warriors in the finals and I thought they had no chance and here comes LeBron in Cleveland leading the team back to the, the ring but um, I've doubted him before and I just don't I don't think with him and Anthony Davis together, I don't think anyone can stop them. They're, in my opinion, the best duo in the league, them two together. Um, and, you know, I know you got guys like Kawhi, PG, that duo. You know, you got the Harden, Westbrook, you know. But LeBron and Anthony Davis, those just they, they're big. They can both go in and bang for their buck, and they can also shoot from outside. I mean, you can't really, you can't really stop that. And when playoff time comes, you know, LeBron's going to turn it on. Yeah, you know, I will. Most of the time, I hate it when people say that players are going to turn it on in the playoffs and whatnot. But I definitely think that LeBron is the only one of the few players, him and Kawhi, who can turn it on like that in the playoffs. 
Um, I mean, I like what I saw from the Lakers so f- since the restart, but at the same time, I'm also unimpressed. I mean, I thought that Raptors game, I mean, I knew the Raptors were going to win that game, but still, that's a game you got to win if you're L.A. also thought against the Clippers that the Clippers were down a lot of guys and struggled throughout that game, and yet they still gave them hell, and, you know, if they're at full strength, I think the Clippers probably win that game by 5 or 10 points. Uh, I think the Lakers have a good team, but I think missing Avery Bradley's defense really hurts them a lot, and, you know, the Rondo not being out there as well definitely hurts them. I haven't really seen what I wanted to see from other guys outside of LeBron and Anthony Davis. It feels like they're just taking advantage of these teams. They can just throw it in with Anthony Davis on, and, you know, it's going to be harder to do that against these teams. You can create mismatches. I really, really, really like what I've seen from the – obviously the Clippers lost yesterday, but I do like what I've seen from them overall. And I think they're still trying to get their guys back and get everything back in the groove. Like, they don't have Montrez Harrell yet. I mean, when you have Montrez Harrell in the mix and Zubots is now in a little bit better shape, Anthony Davis can't get it as easily as he did that last game. So I think that's going to hinder mm-hmm. his scoring a little bit against them. But I still think the Rockets, man, are the most high-variance team out <laughs> here. I think they got a pretty good chance. And, I mean, honestly, ever since they've come back to the bubble, I really like what I've seen. I mean, last night was obviously a low spot for them coming off of two huge wins. But... I really didn't think they could beat the Bucks, and the fact they won that game the way they did was so impressive. I mean, you saw Harden straight up Dean Giannis up at the end of the game, making mm-hmm. him throw the ball away. I think with everything the Rockets have going for them, the way they play and everything, it gives them a mismatch. You know, they've been hitting 57, 57% of their shots have been three-pointers. That's never been the case in the NBA. You know, we've seen these teams kind of try to change the way you win basketball games that win championships. You know, they said a jump shooting team could never win the title. The Warriors did it with hitting jump shots. Now they say teams that can't rebound can't win the title. The Rockets are trying to be the first team to do that. Yeah. It's uh, it's definitely interesting. I love that they're doing something different. And, you know, Harden and Westbrook and those guys on the Rockets, they've been in the playoffs before. They, they know what it's like. They're tired of losing. And I mm-hmm. – usually am not on the Rockets train but this year I've liked what I've seen from them especially coming back to the bubble um they've looked good yeah like you said last night they had a little low spot but you know Trailblazers were in dire need of a win trying to get that eight seed and they were playing for a lot more and the Rockets came off a huge win against the Bucks so you know had a little bit of a letdown but I I like it you know it's just going to come down to a matter of fact if they can if they're making their shots you know if Harden's out here you know dropping 50 like he can and Westbrook's hitting his normal triple double mark and you know having 25 to 30 points that's a success for a a a win or a a series a big series win to get them to maybe the western conference finals if they can get there um but yeah it's just a matter of fact if they can make the the three ball because i remember a few years ago they had that game six was it game six against the warriors where they were like oh 29 from three um if they're doing that, it's just going to be the same thing we've seen from the Rockets in the past couple of years. But, you know, like that you said, they're starting to shoot the three ball a lot more and they're playing small ball. So they just got to be able to make those outside shots. And that's what it's going to come, come down to. Yeah, you know, I just I think the Rockets definitely won't have one of those again as long as Westbrook or Harden doesn't go down. That's the thing everybody wants to forget is, you know, when they had Chris Paul out there, that series is basically yeah. over. Changed the whole thing up with him coming back or with him now having him out there on the floor. But, you know, I really think that when it comes down to things here that the Rockets, you know, they're going to they're gonna have an advantage here because their guys are rested. A lot of times it looks like James Harden does so much work throughout the regular season. He kind of runs out of gas when he gets to the playoffs, even though his numbers are about even in and out of the playoffs. So I think that's something to watch out for is the fact they won't be tired or fatigued like that. No, I still think the Clippers are very dangerous. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are probably the two best defensive wings who can guard and pretty much anybody on the floor at any time. Mm -hmm. Clippers have so many different lineups they can match up with you with. 
I mean, I think all these teams are scary at the same time. I mean, I don't necessarily like what I've seen about out of the Lakers, but, you know, like you said, LeBron could turn it on the playoffs, so we can still see a lot. I think the Western Conference, there's still a lot more to be determined than there is the Eastern Conference. I feel pretty confident today saying the Raptors can come out here and win the Eastern Conference. Western Conference, I still want to see a few more things, you know. Lakers may not necessarily be that you know heavily motivated right now, but I mean things aren't going to be as easy where they can just throw it in down low to Anthony Davis like it has been the last few games. I mean the Jazz, yeah, they have Rudy Gobert, but the Jazz are a pack of frauds. I would have expected nothing less from the Jazz and let that game play out the way it did. So that's the way I feel all about it. You got anything else to say about NBA before we talk about our sour MLB topic? <laughs> um, no, yeah, I mean pretty much that's it. I think I think that I'm sticking with the Lakers out west. Um. To, to be representing the West. I think I got them playing the the Clips, maybe the Rockets. I, I'm not going to lock that in right now. But um, I like I like what I see out, out of the uh, the Rockets as a wild card, you know, slipping up. And um, my team to watch out for in the East is obviously the Heat. I think that they can surprise a few teams. But, yeah, I still got the Bucks out of the East. So um, those are the favorites. I guess I'm being boring, but <laughs> – We'll see. I, th- I like I like what you said about the Raptors. They're a, they're a solid team, and they got a great coach in Nick Nurse, like you said. Um, they have looked great. That win against the Lakers on Saturday was huge, and we'll see if they can keep it going. But yeah, I like them definitely in the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't think they're going to lose in the first or second round. So, but it's, it'll be interesting. Yeah, no, it's definitely interesting to see how everything keeps on playing out. You know. We'll see what happens out here in this Western Conference. It's crazy right now, but, I mean, there's three teams right now that can win the West, and I think there's only two in the East. So be fun to see that. But sad, sour news we got is Braves ace, stud young pitcher Mike Soroka, tears his Achilles. I mean, it looked awful. I mean, when I saw the replay, I knew instantly it was a bad injury because, you know, it was just literally just him stepping off the mound. Um, mm-hmm. what, do you, what do you think this means for the Braves, and do, what do you think they're going to try to do here to change things up in this rotation? Uh, I mean, this, this one hurt. It's really bad because this is probably the one position on the team we could couldn't afford to lose. We were already thin. We, you know, Soroka, that's our ace, that's our best pitcher. Um, him and Freed have been unbelievable in their first couple starts, um, and it, it hurts really bad. I I don't really know what AA is thinking up there right now. I know that you know just because it's so weird with it being a short season. You know, um, what if the season gets canceled? You know, what if? all these teams start getting the coronavirus and, you know, they have to cancel it or delay it or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they, they trade for this big name pitcher, get rid of a lot of rookie prospects. um, Then they could, that could hurt them in the long run because they might just get somebody for nothing for no reason if the season's canceled. So those are things that AA has got to think of at the top. But, you know, I, I think that if we want a chance, if we want to win now, we gotta, we gotta go out and get a big arm, but you also don't want to give up those, those talented young arms in the farm system because it might not even be worth it for this year. Yeah, you know, I think honestly the best thing for the Braves to do is absolutely nothing. And as crazy as that <laughs> might sound, you know, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, to be honest with you, if you win the championship this season, it's not going to be appreciated as winning a championship the way it should. On top of that, I just feel like, I mean, we do have Cole Hamels coming back in September, so that's to be a plus. Max Freed can still be your number one. I mean, when I look at our division, the Mets have, have no hitting. I mean, they're pitching outside of DeGrom. They have nothing. You look at the Phillies. They're pitching outside of um, Nola. They pretty much have nothing. I mean, I'm not worried in the least bit about the Marlins. And then the Nationals, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they have three starters, but, I mean, the Nationals have already dug themselves such a big hole, and, I mean, they really have no hitting besides Soto, who still isn't back yet. So, I mean, mm-hmm. like you said, there's really no point in giving up prospects this 
this season. I think you just got to go with what you got. You know, maybe bring in a guy mm-hmm. who has like a the 450 ERA that you trade cash yeah. or you get for cash considerations or something from a bad team. That's probably our best bet if the season keeps on going on and on. But <clears throat> overall, I mean, I think the Braves will be fine. You know, 16 teams make the playoffs. I mean, it's the top two from every division. I think we can be top two or a wild card. So. At the end of the day, I think we can still make it. And, you know, if Ronald Acuna keeps doing what he's doing, like last night, you know, Acuna gets on second base with nobody out. He's pretty much going to score 80% of the time, you know. So I think the Braves, now that we are bats, have finally started to get going a little bit. I think we'll be fine and we don't have much to worry about. So, you know, I think worst case, we just get some guys a 450 ERA and try to throw them in there. But other than that, I think we just got to stick with what we got. Oh, yeah, we. I love how the offense is they're swinging the bats right now we're actually second overall in runs scored so far this season which is great hopefully the bats can keep that up but I think yeah like you said I think that we will end up being fine um for the season's sake um I think we could easily win the east without Soroka that it'll be a lot harder but it'll be um it'll be up in the air I still think that we can make the playoffs but not having Soroka in a playoff, that's gonna be where the the damage is done because you gotta if you're gonna win a World Series or make a run in the MLB playoffs, you gotta have at least two solid solid pitchers like we saw with the Nationals last year. They have three stud ace, uh, three stud aces, and you know an okay bullpen, and they still end up winning the World Series because they have that that pitching. So pitching is a big deal when it it comes to you know playoff time, but we'll see what what happens. I'm I'm confident that we can still keep the bats going and end up being fine in the NL East. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely there. It's going to be fun and everything to watch how everything plays out. So I'm excited for that. But Kobe, you got anything else to say before we get out of here? No, I was, it was fun. It was good. Good. Like always, I'm looking forward to the next time I get to come out here and talk some more sports with you. Hopefully we'll, uh, we'll be doing it again soon. Oh yeah, you know we'll be getting we'll probably be getting down again later on this week once we got some more NBA. There's a lot going on right now in the mm-hmm. league, but appreciate you coming on as always, and we will talk to y'all once again soon. All right, guys, as promised, I got guest number two on here for our show, my boy Keandre. We me and Keandre met at our last job. He's out here in Cincinnati. Keandre, say what's up to everybody. Yo yo yo, what's going on, man? Appreciate you for having me on, bro. For sure, happy to be here, man. Talk a little basketball, you know. Hey, absolutely, Keandre. We're glad to have you on here. You know, get a little different perspective. I love getting everybody's perspective of what's going on and everything. And, you know, I'm happy to have the NBA bubble back. So feels great to actually have some relevant stuff to talk about once again. Um, let's, you know, it's it's been a good week of basketball. But, you know, we've got these teams here battling for this last spot in the Western Conference. That's the Portland Trailblazers, Memphis Grizzlies, and New Orleans Pelicans. Since the restart, Keandre, out of all these teams – is there one team you think that's looked better than the other, or is there one team that you know that you're just really down on out of all these teams since they've come back? Yeah, man. Um, to be honest, I got the Trailblazers as the most groomed team um, as far as experience. Mm-hmm. You got Melo, you got Dame, CJ, that backcourt. Um, they look as far as polished and like knowing what's at stake. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. But then surprisingly, I like the Pelicans if they can continue to play or to start playing Zion more minutes, not, you know, 35 minutes, but at least more minutes than 10 to 15, they got a chance to climb back up and, and maybe take that spot. Uh, Memphis, I just don't think they have it. Uh, Jaw is a great uh, talent, but I, I don't think this is the year for Memphis. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they they lost the the, uh, the seating. I, I wouldn't be surprised. But if I had to pick a team to put my money on, 
um, I'm going with Portland for sure. Yeah, you know, I think it's pretty – you pretty much hit the nail on the head there. I mean, bro, when you look at the way that that Portland has played since they've come back, Damon, these boys, you know, they, they look like they're ready to go, and he's got everybody playing at a higher level. Melo has hit some big-time shots down the stretch, and Melo looks good too. He lost all that weight and everything, so he can try to defend and make up for the lack of Noah Riza being there. I mean, Nurkic looks like he – Nurkic looks like all-star Nurkic from last year. I think getting him back is the shot in the arm they need because Hassan Whiteside's a good player, but he's always doing dumb stuff. But on top of that, Zach Collins, too, adds on. Um, I agree with you that – see, the thing is that kind of makes it tough for me here to still decide is just because that the Pelicans have such an easy schedule here down the stretch. I think the Pelicans have the easier schedule, which should play to their advantage. But at the same time, you can only trust the Pelicans as far as you throw them, and it feels like every single game that they want to let the other team back in, back in. And I completely agree with you on Memphis. It's too early for them, but the thing is they already have the upper hand. I think, I think if they can get into a playoff against the Pelicans, or that they can win one of those two games and get to the next round, but if they're against the Blazers, I could see the Blazers beating them both times easily. Oh yeah, for sure, man. I don't, I don't think um, to your point to start with uh, them getting nurses back and everything with Portland. Like I think that that's a, a big piece, man. To do I want to see my LA boys play them first round? No, but um, potential, like to do some damage um, that can direct the playoffs, man, they have the potential, man. I don't see the Pelicans or the Grizzlies beating the Lakers in, you know, round one. Like, they might take them to an extra game, but as far as, you know, winning that series, nah, man. And you're right. Like, the Pelicans, and to my point, like, they get Zion and, and they give him this small leash and then they take him out and you see the decline. Now, granted, mm-hmm. B.I. has been carrying that team like crazy. He's coming, like, really most improved for sure, but um, I don't even think he's I wouldn't give him that award because I feel like he's always had that. Granted, you know, him with being with Brian and you couldn't really see it, but like, yeah. nah, he, he's been a hooper. He's been a hooper at Duke. So it ain't no, <laughs> no, no pressure with that for sure. Yeah, no, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, with the with the with the Grizzlies and the uh, Pelicans, they just play such bad defense, you know. And the Blazers have been there before, and they have that guy who kind of takes them over the top. See, the, my thing with the Pelicans is like they're just satisfied with running up and down the floor on you, and I feel like they have no grit or backbone. Like I feel, plus Lonzo Ball too. I mean, he's just chucking up shots, and he has shot horribly since everything came back. Yeah, I'm completely back, out yep. on Lonzo as a jump shooter and on his jump shot in general. So. I completely agree with you there, Keandre. I think that it's I think it's Portland's to give away. They do have a very hard schedule, but if Dame wants it bad enough, he's going to step up and play there. But let's keep moving here now, and let's talk about the 76ers. And, I mean, are the 76ers the same team you thought they were, or do you think they have a chance to kind of still impress us as this uh, restart goes on? Um, I think the coach is who I thought he was. Uh, I think it's Brett Brown's fault, bro. Um, I think it's really – him holding the 76ers back granted do I have the answers no but I think he's holding them back and in, in as far as letting them play um you getting pieces man like yeah Jimmy left that may or may not have fit but you got Ben you got Embiid and then you got Horford you got so many you know what I'm saying pieces around you got shooters you got everything that you shouldn't be in the position that you are like you shouldn't be in a dog fight Embiid 40 and what 20 they didn't he have a 20 something or whatever rebound and it's like you lose like that's the true big man and, and you got Ben and the big man you shouldn't be in the position that you are and I, I think from the beginning until now they're still the same team that I thought they were because they still have the same coach um, I don't think Brett Brown is the coach for them uh, it, it'd be I don't even know what who would be a coach for him but Brett Brown is holding them back man for real 
Yeah, let me tell you something, Keandre. You've been on point today with everything because I cannot agree with you more on that one. See, I feel like Embiid has the mentality you need to win, but at the same time, I just feel like that he doesn't have the leadership qualities you need. And when you kind of have a team like that, same thing with Ben Simmons, same thing with Horford, you know, they're all kind of quiet, go about their business and get better guys. You know, Embiid likes to joke around and have fun, but I don't see Embiid being the guy in the huddle, you know, yelling at people, trying to fire him up. He kind of tried to a little bit when he got on Shake Milton in the first quarter of that game against Indiana, but I just don't think he knows how to do it that way. And, I mean, even when he was at Kansas, it was never his team. You know, that was Andrew Wiggins' team. So I completely agree with you. I think that Brett Brown has to do something here to kind of light a fire under his team's butt and get them playing. I really thought the fact that they had, you know, Shake Milne's a guy shooting 40-plus from three. And when you're shooting 40%-plus from three, that's something special you got going on there. And I really thought putting him in the starting lineup and moving Horford to the bench could change things up for him here. But... You know, I got to agree with you, man. I'm just seeing more of the same here with the 76ers. I mean, do you think that they can put up any kind of fight in the playoffs, or do you think they're going to go out pretty quick and not even get out of the first round? Uh, depending upon uh, who they're playing on the first round, um, I think that they can simply because of who they are. Um, they have stars. Like, they, they got people that have been there. Horford's been there, you know. Um, if it weren't for LeBron, like, he probably would, you know, have been to the finals a couple mm-hmm. of times. Like, Horford's been there. Um and then you got Embiid. I feel like he can take over a game. Uh, you saw that in the All-Star game. Like, Embiid can do it when he wants to. I think that they'll be all right first round, but then it's coming second round when you've seen them play in the first round and now you got schemes and none of what you've drawn up is working. I think to come up with something on the fly, that's when Brett Brown is going to get exposed um, because he's not going to be able to, you know, that second round, third round, Eastern Conference Finals to – figure out how to win when you know you're throwing away the plays that you ran in the beginning of the season like I don't think Brett has that um so first round I got him to get by you know maybe five games uh, depending regardless of who they play I think they win first round um but after that I think coaching is going to come into play and, and they're going to fall down for sure yeah, you know, I think it'll be tough for them to get out of that first round, honestly. I mean, I just really hate the defensive side of this team. You know, they gave up 130 points to a team last night on a back-to-back. I mean, Indiana, I mean, T.J. Warren, it seemed like every single time he caught the ball that he was going to the hole and dunking or hitting a wide-open three. I mean, I just feel like that they don't even care and dig deep enough on that defensive end. And I think in a playoff series, that's really when he gets exposed and comes back to bite you. You know, you feel like when you have him beat, he's, like you said, you know, he's a true five. Like, he can sit in there, defend that rim for you, dominate teams on the glass. And you have a guy like Ben Simmons, who arguably is one of the biggest mismatches in the entire NBA. And, you know, he can, Ben Simmons can guard anybody, but I just feel like you're not seeing it out of them. You know, I feel like that these guys, they don't want it. They don't go hard enough on the defensive end. I just think solely because of how lackluster that defense is, that that ultimately is going to be what holds them back and ruins this team's chances right here. But speaking of TJ Warren and what he did did these last two games, in fact, he's got a 50 piece and a 32 piece. We'll see what he does today. They tip off here at about six six o'clock my time um you think tj warren getting out of phoenix was the right thing that had to happen for him to kind of take his game to that level absolutely um i think and it's it's not his fault nor um anyone's fault i think uh the system in phoenix allowed him to you know you get an x amount of shots as to where um in indiana it's really like you you kind of shooting around um you know what i'm saying you, it, it, they're up and down. They just getting big back. They they figuring out a lot of stuff. So a lot of people are kind of getting their touches. Um, whereas in Phoenix, you know, the book's gonna get most of the touches. You know, they maybe it could have you know stayed a little while longer. Um, yeah, you look at it now like, dang, that would have been a great compliment to D book. But at the same time, 
I don't think he's getting the same type of look um, as far as being with uh, D-Book because, you know, it, it's real hard. I think that it was great for him to go to Indiana versus staying in Phoenix. Uh, and also, you know, you going to Indiana, it's a little confidence booster. The East is relatively weaker. Phoenix is a little, you know, not the best team in the West. So you, your confidence goes up when you go to a better team. So I think for him and himself, like, okay, to restart, new team, let's let it fly. But um, I don't think he would have been this type of player with um, Phoenix. Like, nah, it's geared too much to D-Book and DeAndre Ayton. Like, if it ain't D-Book, it's Ayton. Because, of course, that's, you know, that's their franchise right now. Um, so I don't think he would have he would have fit well with that to be the person he is now. Nah, he got it in him, but he wouldn't have showed it. Nah. No, I'm going to have to agree with you completely on that one, Keandre. Um, I, I just don't think that Phoenix, you know, I just think Phoenix, honestly, is just one of those bad teams that not only can they not do it that way, but they also can't really de- develop players correctly. I mean, he was still averaging about the same in the regular season, but I think that this kind of restart and the fact that, you know, you have Sabonis go down, it kind of opens things up for him a little bit more. I mean, Indiana played at a relatively slower pace and they had Sabonis in there. They've kind of sped things up now just you know more so out of necessity rather than wanting to play that way but I think it's a style of play that you know favors Warren Warren's a guy who averaged 30 a game when he's in college at NC State led the NCAA in scoring so he's always been talented like that and he's been working on his game but I mean like you said you know Phoenix is honestly just a toxic place and they already had their two guys there and I mean honestly the craziest part about it is they traded him for a second round pick I mean the fact that a second round pick is all the Pacers gave up and Dar and I, actually no they didn't even give up Darius Sarge it was just a second round pick to get him I mean that's yeah that's an absolute steal right there just the fact that he could get him I think he though is really starting to come into his own and feel more comfortable which is what you want to see out of a guy like that and I mean I think he get, provides so much more versatility to this Pacers team and so much more scoring that they needed um I mean, do you think that this Pacers team can make any noise here in the playoffs? They're going to probably be matched up against the Heat here in the first round. What do you think? No. Uh, I, I don't think so at all. I really, really like the Heat team. Um, I was just talking to my, my homie the other day. Like, mm-hmm. Miami's missing one piece, man. Um, and not to get away from Indiana, but Miami's a really solid team. And looking at it, them keeping Bam, um, I see why they got rid of a white side. Like, Bam is a, a stretch five, man. Like, he's really – he can be a force um, down low and he can stretch it and, and knock down the three from time to time and just be very versatile and defend one through five. They're great. I don't see Indiana – with Vic just coming back, I don't think he's – it could go maybe five games, six at the most, just because of the type of teams these teams are. But I oh, like I think Miami will uh, take that on home, man. Miami is a great team defensively. Um, they got shooters. If they get going, oh man, they you're in trouble. Like they they can defend, they can get out and, and knock down the trade ball, man. I, I don't see Indiana. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, their like their trade ball like person is down right now, so I don't think they have anybody to kind of you know spread the floor. It's great that um, you know Big's back, but I think you you key on on him and, and it's back at square one. So I got Miami for that one if they do make matchups. Yeah, you know, I think I think that match will probably stay put just because I don't really see the 76ers moving up or anything. But, you know, I I think Miami would take that matchup just solely because, you know, like you said, they got more bodies. They got a little bit more experience. I still think that Miami's definitely a piece away from being a true contender. They just play too bad on the road. And, I mean, like, you, you get the Raptors to turn the ball over 21 times yesterday and you still can't cash in on a win. You know, that's to me, is a huge red flag for me with Miami. I mean, I think Miami's a good team. I think they'll probably get bounced by Milwaukee in the second round if they can't find their way out of that four spot. 
But, but yeah, yeah, you know, with Indiana, man, I just think the injuries are too much for him. They don't have, like you said, you know, Jeremy Lamb not having him to shoot that three ball for him hurts them the space in the floor. I mean, Sabonis is one of their better players. It kind of just feels like, you know, that they're just throwing together what they got at this point and trying to make the most of what they got. I mean, hey, credit to them, though, for not giving up and keep playing. When you lose an all-star like Sabonis, it's tough, you know, to bounce back and keep things rolling. Warren's had done a great job of filling in and being that next man up for them. So, I really like everything that they've done here, but you know I'm gonna have to completely side with you once again on this one, Keandre. I mean that's a, such some great points you made once again. Um, before we get up out of here, you got anything else you want to say to the people? Uh, yeah, two things. Um, one, I wanted to talk to you about the uh, coach of the year split. Uh, I don't okay. think uh, Milwaukee's coach of the year should have gotten it. If there was going to be a split, it should have been Billy and Nick Nurse or one of those two by themselves. Um, Nick Nurse getting the team in the same shape, if not better, without Kawhi. Um, and then Billy obviously doing what he's doing with OKC and, and that group. Like, I think they should have been split. I don't know how the Bucks. you got the MVP, the reigning MVP with you. Like, mm-hmm. you're supposed to be in this position. It's the East. Like, he's supposed to be running the East. I don't think he should have gotten co- coach of the year. Like, they, they robbed Nick Nurse. And I wanted your take on that. Like, do you think it should have been split between them or, or one coach deserved it more? So I'm actually, you know what, I don't know how, bro, but I swear you've been reading my mind or something because you hit the nail on the head once again. Like, I completely agree with you. I don't think they should have split it. I think that I like Billy Donovan getting a part of it, but I agree, man. I don't think Budenholzer deserved it. I mean, he did the same thing last year with Milwaukee, and I would argue, honestly, Milwaukee's a little worse than they were last year. I would go with Nick Nurse as well. Like you said, you know, you lose Kawhi Leonard. I mean, the guy's a superstar. He's a top five player in the NBA. I mean, he literally came in and led your team to a championship. The fact that you can get the team to play the exact same way once again without Kawhi Leonard in that lineup to me, I mean, I think that that deserves so much more credit. And, you know, Nick Nurse, too, when you look at his teams, like, he does it with so many guys. Like, you'll have Norman Powell, Terrence Davis, um, you know, Fred Van Vliet, Siakam. Like, none of these guys are big-time household names coming out of college or anything. Yet, Nick Nurse, you know, makes these guys the best versions of themselves and helps put them in these situations. So... I don't have as much of a problem with a split as I do of them giving to Coach Budenholzer. I also thought I would have gone with Nurse or Vogel over Budenholzer. I would have put him behind all those and Billy Donovan. So I would have had him about fourth on that list. And see, I would have said the same thing. I wouldn't put Frank up there, though. Like, I wouldn't put Vogel. I mean, you got you got two of the top three, mm-hmm. four players in the NBA. Like, you're supposed to be doing this. Like, Not to say, like, anything can happen, but, like, it's not hard to play with Brian and AD and, and think, you know, go out there and win me a couple of games. Like, that's not as hard. Granted, he is a great coach. He did some phenomenal things in Indiana. But as far as what you weren't expecting, I wasn't expecting, you know, OKC to be a threat, let alone being in the playoffs. Like, nobody kind of – they're like the Toronto of the West. Like, you don't really want to play OKC on, on, a, on a night. They could beat you and beat you well. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Paul still kind of – you know, taking control of things, and then you got uh, Roberson's coming back. He's not in, you know, game shape, but he he's there coming off the bench and defend and crunch minutes. Like, they can do something. So I think I would have liked to see – I would have liked to see Nick Nurse over Billy, and, you know, Billy's a Gator, an ex-Gator, always a Gator. But <laughs> I would have liked to see uh, Nick Nurse over that, man, just simply because, you know, he's doing this again. And let alone, like, he's in the same shape, the second behind the Bucks. Like, nah, I'll take that for sure. Um, as a coach of the year. Um, and then your second thing that you, you told me um, or asked me if I had a – I can't leave the, your podcast, man, without um, letting your viewers know and, and whoever may be listening, man, to uh, 
always remember that, man, we still need justice for Breonna Taylor. Um, it's crazy how all that happened. Um, still no justice for it. It's been this long. Um, it, it's wild, man. And it, it needs some, we need some justice for her. Um, as long as, uh, justice for George Floyd, like that needs to be sped up. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much other uh, countless names, man, that is being a cycle that I, it shouldn't be a cycle, but I, I definitely can't leave without saying that, man, that, um, they, those two, um, especially need justice for sure. Yeah, no, I really appreciate you bringing that up and sharing that because I agree with you completely, man. It's messed up, and I hate that the justice system is doing it this way, but I'm right there with you, bro. And, I mean, honestly, I love just watching these NBA players every single night because they got that stuff all over their shoes, all over their you know, all over their jerseys. They're even refusing to answer questions in their post-game interviews because that's all that they want to talk about. And, I mean, I agree with them completely. There's a lot more going on in the world right now than just basketball. And, you know, especially with all whole spotlight being on them, it's great that they're trying to bring that in there as well. So, you know, I agree with you completely, bro. There needs to be justice and there needs to be right done by it. Facts, man. So um, definitely want to keep advocating for that, keep advocating for justice for all, um, equality for all men, but especially for uh, African-American men because we've been – Treated bad out here, but we're going to get some justice, man. Our time is coming soon, so um, always justice for Breonna Taylor and George Floyd for sure. Yeah, um, something's going wrong with my audio here, Keandre, but I appreciate you coming on here. Let me try this. Man, I don't know what's going on with my audio right now, but I appreciate you coming on the podcast and everything, bro. We absolutely killed it again. We'll have to have you on again soon, but I appreciate everyone who tuned in, and we'll talk to you all again soon.